Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about all health considering I'm blessed and how are you I'm doing good we're all dealing with stuff today and you know we uh, we want to throw that up in prayer for God to continue to sustain us all things considered Uh, but it is a good day it is a very good day and we have an awesome show coming up so uh, without waiting a further moment more would you please do us our honors yes ma'am Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 says, I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we are thankful once again to host another episode of True Life Fridays Radio here on Blog Talk Radio and and True Radio Presents. Father, we lift up to you in the name of Jesus, all all three of us as hosts, Lord God, in our particular situations that we're dealing with, we pray that you just continue to 
guide us and lead us, Lord God. Father, we lift up our guests to you today in the name of Jesus, and we ask that that the information that they share will be able to help somebody provide information for whatever they need to be need to work on, whatever they need to know. May it be a powerful and inspiration to someone in need. Lord, we thank you for forgiveness of our sins, and we say we love you and we bless you. In the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you know what? We kind of started something on your Monday show, which I want to cap off Uh today. And I don't want to talk about it in, in detail so much because so much about it has been already said, and I am really getting tired of this. And it is the, the events that have transpired since, oh, about maybe a week and a half ago. And that is the whole, I'm going to link these two together, the Cliven Bundy slash Donald Sterling issue. You know, it's kind of this compare and contrasting. I think we could paint a picture of what's happened. And I don't want to talk so much about the details of those as much as what these things mean. And that's what we haven't gotten to. That's how what time has brought for us. It's a little gift from heaven, I like to say. Uh, but first of all, let's, get, let's, let's recap a little bit. Um, this is how I looked at it. And when you asked me on Monday to talk about it on your show, uh, this is what I said. Um, I don't think Clive and Bundy. Uh, meant to disparage black folks in any way. And I didn't get that. Did you get that? Absolutely not. That's right. He, That's I don't think he was, was trying to say that any black folks were inferior or deserving of a special, uh, a certain treatment that some people have accused him of being, of saying. In fact, just the opposite. I think he was saying right. the opposite. Now, I don't think he was using... Uh, a very appropriate words for those things because certainly that's the effect. People got really upset because of the words he used and want to uh, impress on people that that's what he meant, um, that that black people were deserving of, of living a lifestyle picking cotton. I That's not what he said. Anyway, contrast that or compare, if you will, to Donald Sterling. Um, who, who in, I think, what did we play, a five-minute clip or more? Nine minute, nine, Nine the entire clip. So for for context's sake, he approves of the categorical separation, or segregation, I should say, of people by color, and does so in a paternalistic way. Hmm, not unlike how the Democrat Party talks about minorities, by the way. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, is it? Oh, no. Uh, one person is trashed as a symbol of how racist the Tea Party is. Yeah, I don't even know how the Tea Party got involved in this discussion. But uh, let's let's not ask too many logical questions. The other is one person in the most elite of clubs in the country known as an NBA team owner. Yet somehow Clive and Bundy is supposed to represent a whole ideological mindset. Donald Sterling doesn't represent the Democrat Party. Hmm. 
But I found out what this is really about. The evening the NBA commissioner announced that he was banning Sterling from his own basketball games and demanded that Sterling sell his team to somebody else. Huh. And I wondered, and I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, that's what this is all about. This is not about, hey, what you really thought is, or what you really think is wrong of you to think that. It's kind of bigoted. It's not just kind of bigoted. It is bigoted. It makes you look like you think black people are somehow inferior and uh, only deserving of your employment, that you take care of them in this paternalistic fashion. Uh, do, I, do we even need to draw the comparison to what that really sounds like? <clears throat> and when did one's, and I have to admit this, quite problematic views on race become a condition of employment in this country? Thomas, do you know of anything, any time that this has happened? Any other time that this has happened in this country? It hasn't. Oh. It has not sure happened. About, think about that one. Think about that one very carefully. I've been having a, a cold this week, so pardon me. Huh? 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 Well, Sorry, could you answer the question for me, please? Slave days, I'm guessing. No? Oh. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking a little I'm more pro- recent, like two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Duh. I'm Clive and Bundy. Manila! Oh, you know what? That's right. That's right. How can I how can I forget about Mozilla? Exactly. Prophetic sneezes there. Ah, mm. Okay, I've got that out of my system. <laughs> yes, we are seeing a huge and marked increase in the amount of thought policing going on in this country that not only do you have to uh be a great big Democrat donor, you also have to have a private, I mean, I mean, okay, start over. This is so ridiculous. Anybody who's anybody has, knows that your, your private views, even the most problematic ones on race and, and whatever, what have you, cannot and should not be a condition of employment in this country, but it has turned out that it is. Now, I have no idea how this is happening and legally happening. I have no idea how the NBA commissioner can order Donald Sterling to sell his team based on a, a private, privately, uh, taped, privately taped statements that he made that he had no idea he was being taped or recorded, actually, I should say. Actually, someone says that he asked her to record him. I don't know if really? that's true or not. Yeah. Because I guess I they, they're... That, they're that, 
Well, I do too, but that's that's the that's the rhetoric coming out. And then also you have the you have the fact that you got to keep in mind Donald Sterling is a lawyer. He's kind of setting back and um and just kind of taking this all in cuz believe you me, if he's forced to sell his team, he can sue the NBA for billions of dollars. That's the one thing that people are not taking into um, taking into consideration. What he said was racist, no doubt about it. But what he said was not in the context of pub, uh, public arena. He was saying that stupidly and racistly to his girlfriend slash assistant, whatever she was to him. <laughs> yeah, assistant. Let's and, put those in air quotes, assistant. Yeah, exactly. But, but see, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Here's the thing, but what people are missing the point, if they can go after you for that, that, like you said, that's the beginning of the thought police. And see, the thing that irritates me the most about all that is not the fact that he's a racist, because we know that he's a racist, that all that most of the individuals who are crying racism, the Oprah Winfrey's, Magic Johnson's, the Jay-Z's, and all these fools, because that's what they are, a bunch of idiotic fools, they conveniently uh, buried their head in the sand when Hollywood movie producer Quentin Tarantino made a movie known as The Django with Jamie Foxx in it, and I've seen the movie. And that the N-word was thrown around in that movie no less than probably 100 times or more. I didn't even... I kind of stopped sure. counting. Sure, I I think there is. I mean, there's no it's no news that there is an awful big double standard, a complete 180 double standard, <gasps> black and white double standard, if you may. I mean, let's bring up oh, another yeah. example. It was Representative Benny Thompson, Democrat from Mississippi, who called. Justice Clarence Thomas recently and Uncle Tom. And when a CNN reporter, Dana Bash, had called him out on it, uh, he defended himself. He said, she asked him, and I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play the clip, but I'm going to read what, what, the, what she asked him. He says, calling him, which means Justice, uh, he, she's referring to Justice Thomas, and Uncle Tom, though, isn't that a racially charged term? Thompson replies, uh, for some it is, but to others it's the truth. Double standard, Bash says, because, you know, looking at that and hearing that kind of language, that certainly wouldn't be, you know, appropriate if it was coming from somebody who was white. And this is Thompson's reply, but I'm black. That was his reply. That's all he said. Is really is that all? That's all he said. 
Letitia? Tisha. Hmm. I suddenly lost. Lost. Lost the show. Hey, Letitia, are you there? We seem to be experiencing some technical difficulties. I um, can... We're experiencing some technical difficulties at the moment. Um, but yeah. What you saying, yeah, we are. <laughs> go ahead. Just keep going. What, what, what happened there? Uh, I'm having trouble keeping the connection live on Skype, but did you hear Benny Thompson's reply to De- Stacey, uh, Stacey, to, um, to Dana Vash's uh, question? Yeah, that he's black. Yes, that was his answer. That's all he said. That's all he said. Now, there's there's more that they talked about afterward, but that was his singular reply to her question. So, because he's black, that means he he gets a free pass on making racist remarks? Is is basically, that was the implications of that answer. I'm, I presume that's what he left it out to say. Now, I don't know that he – I think he's he's clever enough not to go any further than that. I think he ended his sentence with, for fear of saying too much. <laughs> well, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to preference my comment to say by saying Mississippi has a lot of wonderful people that I know, but – they don't have the 50th ranked education system in the nation for nothing. And Mr. Thompson just proved just, just proved that point with his idiotic statements that he made. Well, this would be the miseducation if that kind of mentality is being spread as education. Um, we certainly don't want to educate people into a double standard. It doesn't matter what color you are. Uh, certainly, you know, before the front of the cross and at the gates of heaven, God isn't going to ask you what color you are and doesn't matter. But, you know, these are first world problems. And, and the reason why I brought those up in our first, uh, first few minutes is to contrast that with some real problems in the world. Mm-hmm. And I've got th- uh, two or three in particular that I'd like to just kind of list off in almost rapid fire and talk about the real problems that people have, people of color right. are having all across the world. The first one, you know, if people want to talk about Uncle Tom, people in other countries don't understand what you mean by Uncle Tom, and I'm pretty sure if you explain it to them, they will laugh in your face because what has happened in they Nigeria... They never read the book. Never, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure that people who have read the book will immediately understand that people who use that reference haven't read the book. But Exactly. Problem, <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry. But, 
this, these are the type of problems that I'm talking about. There are 234 missing school girls under the age of 14. I think they're under the age of 12. Kidnapped missing from by, in Nigeria. They were kidnapped by terrorists, and the media will not identify them willingly as Islamic terrorists, but there's only one active terrorist group out there in Nigeria that would do such a thing. Kidnapping a whole school full of girls, and they're finding out now that those girls are being sold to Muslim men as wives and sold as slaves at the prices of as little as $12 per person. They've been kidnapped and they're being sold. And their families are are crying out for justice. They want their daughters back. There's a story that, that mothers are pleading with the government in Nigeria to intervene, pleading with the police to intervene, and they simply do not have the manpower to do so. And they, they staged a protest. And, you know, we've got mothers who are, I mean, you've just, just, just practically dying of heartbreak almost dying of heartbreak in front of, uh, of their officials, wanting their children back. And as a mom, that is breaking my heart because I could, I could not even imagine what I, what I would do and the grief that I would experience because of this. I mean, this is real. This is real. This kind of problem is real. This belly aching over what someone said about someone else and with regard to their color of the skin, um, pay, <laughs> it's not a pun that I intend, but it pales by comparison in the amount of severity and and uh, importance, I think. I mean, I think we all bellyache about our first world problems, but we ought to be thankful that we have first world problems. I think the official number of girls that were kidnapped was 200, let me look this up, 234. 234. All at once? All at once. 234. That is quite All at once. That is... That is uh big that is a larger number than the people that were missing on the Malaysian air jet that went down in the Indian Ocean. I think right. which they found out now it actually didn't crash. It oh, was kidnapped. I have not <laughs> that story. I'm sure that will be something interesting to look at. Um yeah. <laughs> but I I can't imagine 234 at least 200 or so families that are they're willing to do anything under the sun. But they're being sold as slaves. You want to talk about real slavery? You want to talk about real issues? This is happening right under our noses. And what is the media really doing about it? Absolutely nothing. But we're going to spend hours and hours talking about an, a rich lawyer who owns an NBA team that has never won a game in God knows how long. And the fight (laughs) that has to do with that and all the people that he's offending, I'm not making light of it. I'm just making a comparison that where there are serious problems in the world, 
that are much bigger than who's stepping on whose toes. Letitia. We need to put these things in perspective. Right. So can I can I jump in here? Sure. Let me let me add the uh, bite to your bark, if you know <laughs> what I mean. I didn't bite hard enough. Well, no, you bit, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to now rip out the flesh. You bit. Now I'm a I'm a rip out the flesh, and I'm gonna do it classy and tactfully. Okay, you want to talk about the war on women? What you just described there was a literal war on women, not only on women, but it was a war on little girls, mm-hmm. younger than under the age of 14. But right. where are all the so-called champions of human rights? Oh, that's right. All the so-called liberal human rights groups are are fronts for gay, lesbian, transgendered, and sexually deviant organizations. And I'm calling it exactly like it is. They, they're all fronts. And the ones that aren't are doing, are doing what they can to battle those things. One. Two. You Democrats talk about how you're such for the champions of the little people. Man, y'all so selfish. You can't you can't see past your own nose. The world does not revolve around the Democratic Party and your president. Even though some of you might think it does. Mm. And one more thing. Here's the big kicker. Your president is a major contributor to what's going on in this world because now since we have an uh, entire political party who aren't nothing but a bunch of lily-livered cowards in Washington, D.C., the rest of the evildoers in the world feel empowered and emboldened. Right. And an and example of that... I'm gonna. I need Hold for on. sake of time. I need to move on to the story that that is a good example of what you're talking about. Okay, but before you do, let me let me let me add a little caveat in there because you know how we do it here. We call right and right and wrong is wrong, and throughout all that, here here was here's what's really stupid. Hey, conservatives, you thought you were going to escape? I call the spade a spade. You allowed Clayton Bundy and a Donald Sterling situations. One was this, the other wasn't. But you allowed it to divide you just as the liberals wanted. Check and mate. That's a very good point, Thomas. It's a very good point. Um but and and um, I'm not gonna I'm not glossing over it because I, I we don't have time to dwell on that a little anymore yeah. on for this program we can certainly pick that up 
But an example of how you're talking about how this administration is letting people uh, commit heinous crimes all along the world without talking about it at all is what's also happening in Syria. Hey, this story that I got in my inbox today is that Islamic extremists are now, they're using crosses and putting people on crosses crosses. And um, I guess I need to spell it out. They're crucifying people. They're en- uh, Islamic extremists are crucifying people. They're enemies. And thanks to the Internet, they're tweeting out the pictures. Yeah. But this you know is... what, Lucretia? What's ironic to what you just described there? You remember how the Obama administration talked about how bad the Assad regime is, and I'm sure sure it is pretty bad. Oh, but yeah. what's really that funny is that it's the Assad regime that's actually protecting the Christians in Syria. How does that work? Right. Well, not, how does that work? not much different than Saddam Hussein kept the order, uh, kept jihad from happening to Christians and the other minority religious groups, and the same in, in Egypt. Exactly. And, we, and in four and a half to five years, our, the Obama administration has helped, well, okay, I want to say the Bush administration had a lot to do with what's happening in Iraq, but uh, our, our, our last two of his previous administrations, this one and the last one, have done a lot to destabilize those countries. Yes, those countries are ruled by dictators, but there is a trade-off if you want to change the way things are done in that part of the world. You don't play with dictators. You can't play swap a dictator out there because you get what's happening right now. And what's happening right now is that Islamic extremists are using crosses not just to nail people who they identify as criminals or uh, against their jihadist aims, they're also doing that to Christians. And it's sad to say that this is, for, for most Islamist extremists, this is completely Sharia, Sharia compliant to do something like this. Um, because according to the Quran, it's for Christians, uh, it's either convert and pay a, or pay a tax, protection money, or be killed. It's your choice. It's legal right. extortion. You know, extortion well, is halal. And that's exactly what's happening. And how is right, this, right. this is also happening under the nose of supposedly the most progressive, I say regressive, administration that, has, that our country has ever had. They were supposed to be right. uh, the voice of change and ho- hope and change and fundamentally transforming America to be everything the world wants America to be. Well, if, if that means that we are losing uh, our humanitarian footing in this world to keep, to keep tyrants uh, from daring to commit atrocities, then we're not doing a very good job as a country. Right. In desperate need of changing, uh, changing the status quo. But we're rapidly running out of time. I want to get to, uh, for our break, I want to play the clip of, of our guests speaking coming up. 
talking about the Gosnell film that is uh, in the making. And Anne Salem, uh, Anne, I'm sorry, Anne McElhenney uh, can't make it today. Uh, I got the word last moment that her co-producer will be calling uh, our show and filling in for her. She is not feeling well, but we are glad to have him. Uh, they're going to talk about the upcoming Gosnell film. It's funding uh, through Indiegogo.com and the details of why we need a film that's about one of the most notorious abortionists in America today. So let me go ahead and find that clip. I got to scroll, 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 so hang in there. And so, Thomas, you can finish uh, while I look for that. You can go finish with your comments that you were uh, wanting to say earlier. Okay. I wanted to make my comment and reply to the whole, you know, Muslims coming over over to America. See, they leave their, their strict Sharia-compliant countries cause under the under the um, guise of being persecuted, but then they come over here and they try, they're try. they trying to implement the same strict laws. See, I don't think, I don't think American women really understand what, especially liberal American women, understand what, what Sharia law is. Now, conservative women, and I hate to, I hate to break it down into categories like that, but I have to for clarity's sake. If you are not willing to stand up for what you truly believe in, you say you're progressive, but <laughs> you have to understand what what do they think is going to happen if this country becomes Muslim? What does what does the what does the the um, homosexual lobby think is going to happen if this country becomes Muslim? They're going to slaughter the individuals that they consider deviant. Folks, look it up. It's in their history. That's right. All right, I'm going to play the clip. Here we go. All right. Hello. We're journalists and filmmakers, and for over a decade now, we've been telling the stories that Hollywood and the mainstream media don't want to cover. We funded our last film through Kickstarter, and it was picked up by Mark Cuban's TV channels. And today, we're back to ask for your help to make our most important movie yet. Today, we're launching the biggest ever crowdfunding campaign for a movie. We're going to make a TV film about Kermit Gosnell. Kermit Gosnell is the most prolific serial killer in American history, but almost no one knows who he is. The media have basically ignored his crime and his trial. He ran an abortion clinic in Philadelphia where he delivered live, viable babies and then murdered these newborns by severing their spinal cords with scissors. According to expert testimony from neonatologists, these babies fought for their lives and suffered tremendous pain. But the mainstream media, or Hollywood, don't think this is a story. Gosnell killed more people than Gary Ridgway, John Wayne Gacy, the Zodiac Killer, and Ted Bundy combined. In a 30-year killing spree, it is thought he killed many thousands of babies. And yet, the mainstream media, or Hollywood, don't think this is a national story. 
The same media that gave us daily updates on Jodi Arias, who was on trial at the same time as Gosnell for killing her boyfriend, just one person. Hollywood thinks the Jodi Arias story is so important, they have already made a TV movie about her, which has been shown multiple times. But you shouldn't be surprised, because the establishment has always covered up the crimes of Kermit Gothel. Here's how the grand jury explained what happened. Bureaucratic inertia is not exactly news. We understand that. But we think this was something more. We think the reason no one acted is because the women in question were poor and of color. Because the victims were infants without identities. And because the subject was the political football of abortion. There's been too much censorship of this story already. We're going to change all that. With your help, we're going to make a TV film about Kermit Gosling. We'll do the job the mainstream media and Hollywood won't do. Too often we complain about the mainstream media not reporting the news and throw stuff at our TV sets. Now you can do something about it. This is a historic campaign. Up till now, the world record is for the film Veronica Mars, a teen detective story that asked for 2 million and raised 5.7 million. With your help, we're going to hire the best screenwriter, director and actors to make sure that the story of Kermit Gosnell gets into every home in America. You can give as little as $1 or as much as $10,000. You know what you can afford, but even the smallest amount is important because it sends a message that if the media won't report the news, we can do it ourselves. Please give what you can. Gosnell's crimes need to be known and the thousands of babies he murdered must not be forgotten. Help us do this. Please pledge right now. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that is the video you're going to find on Indiegogo if you go to visit gosnellmovie.com. And while I tried to get our host, our our uh, guest back, um, I had dialed and and we had some technical difficulties. So hey, Thomas, can you talk about what you know about this film while I try to get our guest back? Well, this film. Let's just say it's going to it's going to shed light on a situation that is um, actually not that rare. And thinking about it, I remember when I first heard I first heard about it. See, this happened. This came out, I believe, in, I want to say, it happened in 20, 2010, 2011, something like that, somewhere around that time. And when I first heard it, I, I had to do a double take. I had, to, I had to do a double take because here's a man you want to talk about issue of racism. This man, he actually segregated his clientele by virtue of their race. For the white women, he put them in rooms that were clean and very sterile, up to code, if you will. Right, because they're For less the black likely. Women, and other minority women, 
They got the sterile, dirty, roach-infested, rat-infested. And right. here's the sick and twisted thing about it. You want to you wanna hear the description of a self-hating black man? That's a term that's always thrown towards us black conservatives. We're called self, self-haters. He fits the description to the T. So All right. this All right. film is going to be phenomenal, and I'm going, to let, I'm going to let our guest shed some more details because the man's sick, and I'll just leave it at that. Take away, Letitia. All right. On our online with us, I finally got um, – I might not get this correct, but I hope I do. Salem McAllier? Wow, very good, Letitia. Very good. Oh. Well done. Brilliant. Well done. Uh, Congratulations. Welcome to the program. Welcome to True Life Fridays no. Radio. Uh, we, yeah, welcome host, to the show. We've Thank been you. very interested in the development of a film about Kermit Gosnell, um, not just because there has been so little actually said about him, um, but we want to know, and I want to know, um, why, why you in particular want to make this film and why other people uh, seem to be backing away from something like that. Um, maybe because I'm an idiot. I don't know. Um, or maybe because I'm crazy. Uh, uh, and other people aren't. But I, I went to the trial. Mm-hmm. I went to the Kermit Gosnell trial uh, for a couple of days. I was in, happened to be in Philadelphia. And what I saw and what I heard there you know, will never leave me. The pictures I saw will never leave me. But also, the, what I saw there also was was the press not there. This wow. not being covered by the media, empty press benches, and that was almost as shocking as as the evidence I heard. So, I, I'm just a journalist. I just want to tell stories, and I want to tell mm-hmm. stories that no one else is telling, and I want to bring information to people that people didn't know. And I learned a lot I didn't know in in those couple of days. And I think mm-hmm. there's so much that people need to know uh, about abortion that they don't know that's been kept from them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I you know, I just want to tell people the truth, and I want to bring them the truth, um, because the truth is very powerful. The truth will set you free. What is it that we haven't, haven't found out about Kermit Gosnell yet? Well, lots of people don't know that you can have abortions in America up until the ninth month. Lots of people don't know you can have abortions in Philadelphia up until the 24th week. Uh, lots of people in America don't know what the abortion of a 24-week-year-old baby looks like. I do now because mm-hmm. the pictures were there, the 25th week, 26th week, 27th week, 28th week, 30th week. Lots of people don't know that these clinics are not inspected. Lots of people don't know that that the biggest serial killer in American history is Dr. Kermit Gosnell. Lots of people don't know that almost every doctor and every health official and every politician in Philadelphia knew about his activities but said nothing and did nothing. There was a mm-hmm. massive cover-up. Lots of people don't know uh, you know, the, so much about abortion, so much about Kermit Gosnell, and we're making this movie. It's going to be based on trial transcripts. It's not going to have any agenda, but it's going to bring this reality of abortion, this reality of his practices, onto the TV and into every home in America in a very you know, palatable, understandable, and compelling way. We're going to make a movie. We're going to make it dramatic, 
and interesting. It's very dramatic in real life, but I mean, it could be more dramatic now. And uh, we're going to bring this into every home in America. So really, it's about bringing the truth into every home in America. And, you know, we've been on this crowdfunding website now, gosnellmovie.com, and so far, almost 18,000 people have sent us small donations uh, to see, yes. make sure this film is made. We, we've been tracking the numbers. Right now, you're uh, at 1,000... One thousand seven hundred forty-one thousand. I mean, sorry, one million seven hundred forty-one thousand one hundred ninety-nine dollars. You are eighty-three percent of the way funded. You have ten days left. Your goal is two point one million dollars. And I have more questions about the film, but really quickly, because I know you want to get this information out. What happens to the funding so far if you do not make your deadline? If we don't hit 2.1 million in the next 10 days, uh, all the money is returned to the contributors. So the people who are sending their $50 and their $100 and their $25, they'll get their money back, no penalty. But I think a lot of people, the 18,000 people who've contributed so far, they don't want their money back. They want to see this movie made. So we have to hit that 2.1 million. We need another, I think it's about 300,000 uh, almost uh, right. in the next 10 days. I mean, it's very I doable. went ahead and did the math. It's uh, $358,801, and if we can get, uh, I think it is, uh, if everybody uh, contributes about, if everybody in with, that's listening to the show right now contributes $1,000, you'll be 90% of the way there instead of 83. And well, uh, that'll be fantastic, but, but you know, People, if they even were to contribute one dollar, that's all I can afford. I, I, want, I think we'll make the total. But what I really want is a lot of people to contribute. So mm-hmm. the, the, the total, I think, I think you may need to refresh your computer actually, because on my computer the total says it's one million seven hundred and forty-four thousand. But the big number, the number that's important to me, is the number of contributors. At the moment, it's seventeen thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven. I want that to be one hundred and seventy thousand people. I want as many people to give us a dollar, so that that number goes up, so that the networks and the cable channels can't say, "Oh, there's no audience for this. Nobody wants this made." They, you know, if we can get all these people to give a dollar, then we'll get this film made. That would be fantastic. Yes, and so the importance is that we there is demand. There's numerical demand, yeah. uh, and I believe it's out there. I believe it's out there. We really need to help uh, promote the fact that Kermit Gosnell, now we'll go back to what you said earlier, had said, and you had said this in the video as well, that he is the most, um, the the biggest serial killer uh, that this country, America, has ever seen. And I'm pretty sure somebody's going to take issue with the way you characterize that. Um, he's an abortionist. He is not a serial killer. And tell us why you call him a serial killer. Well, I'm not calling him a serial killer. It's the court of law. He killed people. Mm. He, he murdered babies. Uh, these babies were born alive, crying, writhing, struggling for life. And he he plunged a pair of scissors into their neck and severed their spinal cord. That's on the record. That's what he was convicted of, and he and he was convicted of three murders. The jury said, as far as they could go back, um, he did, he did hundreds, but they could only go back a few years because there's a statute of limitations. And when you go back to the beginning of his career, he did thousands. So he murdered thousands of babies. Full stop. That there's no factual doubt about that. Uh, he did it in a ritualistic way. He kept trophies. He cut their hands and feet off and kept trophies in jars 
of his victims. This is a serial killer. This is a criminal. Uh, and so we're making a movie about a crime rather than uh, anything political, but it's going to bring the truth about abortion into everyone's home. In a way, you know, Americans seem to be fascinated with crime stories. They're on the mm-hmm. TV all night, every night. This is going to be another crime story, but it's going to tell people a lot about abortion that they didn't know. Right. And do you think it's because it's about abortion and people struggle with the legality of abortion that this is why a lot of the media don't want to uh, to report on this and people don't want to see more about Kermit Gosnell being published? Let's, no, let's be honest about this. You know, you're no? more likely to find okay. you're, you're more likely to find a, a Hollywood executive or a media executive at a Planned Parenthood fundraiser than you are at a, at a courtroom trying to find a story like this. That's what they believe. They're they're pro-choice, pro-abortion, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is this is not in their belief system. This is not they, they don't want this kind of movie that will show abortion in a bad light uh, to be to be put out there. So um, so that's why they're not promoting it. That's why they're not making these films. But thankfully, mm-hmm. with crowdfunding, we can do it ourselves now. Excellent. And how? So let's talk about the the production of the movie. Um, like you said, it's it's going to be TV drama, so it's not a documentary per se. Because um, I had to ask, is it going to be a documentary or is it going to be a, a drama? And it's going to be a drama. And how is it going to play out? What is what is the scope of the movie from early his younger years or up to the trial? You know, we haven't even decided on that because we're so busy now with trying to raise the money. I mean, you know, we, w- we think we will raise the money, but it's, it's so much money to raise, uh, $2.1 right. million. Dollars. That's all right. we're focused on. Um, you know, it's, it's taught me a lot about giving. I, I had a few charitable uh, endeavors that I wanted to give money to, and I said, oh, I'll give it to them later and later, and I always kept putting it off. And, you know, mm. I, 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 since I've been on this campaign, I've, I've contacted all these charities and sent them the money because... Everyone thinks someone else will do it. And you know what? I realize no one will do it. Right. No one will do it. You have to do it yourself, you know. Uh, so we're asking people really to, to help us to, to do this, to make it happen, to send $1, ten $10, $50, $100, com. It's very simple to go there. And uh, please help, you know, help get the truth out there and help stop this censorship. Excellent. Um is there any? Are there any more details that you'd like to add to this movie? I know I have. I could go on. I could have an hour's worth of questions, but I know you have a few minutes worth of time. Uh, that other than the funding, uh, what what do you think would really um, motivate people to uh, invest? And this is really is an investment in this movie. To, well, people, there's I think no people better way to get the truth out. Yeah, well, I mean, you, if you give $25, you get a DVD, by the way, of the film. If you give $50, you get two DVDs. So it's a sort of, a, you know, it's a, you're pre-buying the DVD in some mm. respects. Um, but but we hope people, you know, I think most people who are giving don't want, a lot of people who've, who've given haven't asked for it. You can tick, tick a box. I don't want They don't want a DVD. They just want the movie made. They're just tired of shouting at their TV. They're sh- mm. tired of having their values trounced upon and not represented happy that this film has been made well great you know i know i don't want to take up too much of your time um if you'd like to stay on um we have a wonderful guest coming up after you hopefully uh you'll get to hear her a little bit uh we have a person who has helped promote your your endeavor here and that is sam sorbo 
and oh, her some. husband Kevin Sorbo. Yes. Oh, well, oh I, I listen to that. I won't. I won't interrupt there. I don't want to interrupt, but I listen. I listen on the internet, or I listen to them. Oh, but no. That's so sweet. No, I won't interrupt them. No, I let them have their moment. Uh, they've been so helpful to us. Uh, they, they, and Kevin, what a, what a success he's have had with his movie God's Not Dead. It's just fantastic. Uh, uh, I no, I won't interfere. Listen, they, they have so much more interesting things to say than I have to say to your listeners. So, uh, please enjoy them. And I just urge everyone to go to GosnellMovie.com, where you will see a video of Sam and Kevin Sorbo talking about the Gosnell film and how important it is to be made. That's wonderful. Thank you for joining us and giving no, us your time. You. Um, I All really the hope you make your goal. Um, I'm I'm one of those those thousands of people who are saying I just want the movie to be made. I don't yep. really want anything out of it myself. Um, as, you know, what we do here at True Life Fridays is we support all kinds of um, ways for the True Life message to really be considered in the public where I mean we kind of yeah. we want the voices to be heard. We don't really yeah. want to make a judgment totally. about that. We just want people to make up their own minds and judge for themselves. But they have to hear the truth. Yes, they do. Yeah, no, that's what we want to do. We want to tell the truth. So that, that that's you know, that's what we're doing. So thank you very much and it's Gosnellmovie dot com if anyone wants more details. Thank you very much. Thank you, Leticia. Bye. 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 Oh, that was so sweet. Um, I I really am glad that he came on and talked to us about that and and I really I think this is this is what journalists really ought to be doing is not um, pushing an ideological point of view that I mean I think in the last eight years we have kind of gotten used to um, journalists becoming uh, propagandists. Instead of journalists, yep. and this is a man that just wants to tell the story. I mean, I don't. I, in particular, I did not ask what is your view on the pro-life, pro-choice uh, issue. I, I, I don't really. In the scope of what we're talking about, it doesn't really matter. I think that the heart of a journalist should be to tell the story, rather than, well, how can I benefit my ideological party uh, by telling this or not telling this? Um, you know, I. <laughs> I, I think I appreciate that honesty above all things. And, and, you know, regardless of this point of view, I think that he's doing humanity a favor by telling right. the truth. And that's what we're all about. I mean, this is about the truth. I mean, this is why we took the stance that we've taken on the Clive and Bundy issue. I mean, if we wanted to grind axes, we could do that all day long, but it wouldn't be true. It wouldn't be true. Right. Nobody, nobody right. wins. We're not getting anything out of saying, hey, I don't think Clive and Bunny's a racist. Sure, he's terribly politically incorrect, and he did not say things appropriately. And, you know, by golly, I'll even admit what the statements he makes are in the category of being a little bit bigoted because you're putting people into categories. He didn't mean anything negative by it. It didn't sound like it. But, you know, I've had my share of people telling me how well I can speak English. <laughs> I've had wow. people talk to me about someone they knew back in the 70s from Red China, and I'm like, I got to smile at that, and I'm like, do I really want to look at this person as being some kind of ignorant oaf? Of course not. Of course not. They didn't mean it to be as as politically incorrect as they meant it to be, and everybody who's ever said that to me how been over the age of 70. <laughs> I don't right. hold that against people. And since I've lived here in St. Louis, 
it's been mostly black people. I just want to point that out. Let me be a little bigoted in myself here. We all stare. I mean, these are just it's not words we use. I mean, when we talked earlier about micro micro racism, we have a word for that. It's called stereotyping. We all do it. It right. doesn't mean that we think other people are inferior to us because we categorize them in in a way that helps us to think about things in general. When you cross the line into racism is when you think you're better than someone else just by virtue of of birth, status, or, you know, something that has nothing to do with you. Anyway, yeah. back up on back up on the, what we're doing. <laughs> I'm right. going to play this. This is actually the Fox um Fox News the 5 talking about the Gosnell film and why they think it's being made and the attention that they're getting. And they, I think they, it's really very interesting. Uh, take a listen. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I mean, it is a brutal topic, but so is Idi Amin, so yep. is Rwanda, so is the Holocaust. Hollywood has made movies uh, that, in, that involved all of those topics. The reason why they don't do this one is not because the evil is so grotesque. It's that it's too close to a moral choice they've made. That's what it's about. It's not that, like, oh, it's so hard to do something on this man who butchered babies. It's because it's too close to the pro-choice mindset. Uh, not to say that the pro-choice people are for this, but it, it rubs people the wrong way when they hear this. That's my feeling. You know, I, I, I have a hard time believing that it's that much mixed up in politics. I think that it's a, it's a business. To, I mean, who, how many people would actually go and see this? That, it's a fair point. It's, but you know, oh, you, have, on TV. you have or on TV. muckraking documentaries about capitalism and the Second Amendment and corporations. Michael Moore's made a living off exposing these things. Why can't you do this? But the great thing is, is competition, right? So now that there's not, you don't, you, you, you have more options as a filmmaker and also yeah. as a consumer. You have lots more choice and you have a lot of different ways to try to get your stories told. I, that's, that's a great thing. I'm for that. So at the center stage of this would have to be his operating room. I mean, that would be the only place you'd, you have to tell a story. You have to tell it that way. I just think yeah, the, only time, the only time, and I, maybe I'm wrong, but the only time an abortion doctor has been in a movie, it's been in a favorable way. From what I can remember. And they've been the ones being targeted. Well, yeah. the point is it's important to get both sides out there, and so people should inform themselves and understand exactly what's involved in the process and especially at what stage and gestational age. I, I think a lot of people were educated that were in that courtroom, people who had long-held beliefs, had a change of heart after seeing some of the horrors that were committed. Okay. Yeah, just, uh, wasn't, wasn't there a film made about the guy who's killing abortion doctors? Yeah. I think there yes. was. They, yeah. so, so when it... When it goes that way, they're, they're, they'll, do, they'll, they'll make they'll a movie. movie. You don't have to go. You don't to do have to crowdfund in order to right. get a movie like that right. done. No, no, you don't, Thomas. Did you know that movies about people killing abortion doctors don't have to be crowdfunded? <laughs> Apparently, um, they do. Yeah. Well, she was uh, making the point. That was that was um that was I forget it was Daniel Perino who was making the point that that Hollywood or movie producers will gladly make a film about how abortion doctors are victims of murder and all sorts of things. Now that, you know, listen to me, there haven't been that many abortion doctors that have been killed, murdered in cold blood. Uh, not that uh -huh. many. I think we can count them on one hand, except, and if you compare that with how many children have been killed by abortion and how many thousands of children have been killed by Kermit Gosnell, I don't know that you can really justify the the number of dollars being spent on a movie, um, you know. But, you know, that's my opinion. Maybe there's terrible interest 
and how abortion doctors die. But this is all a very ideologically driven uh, industry. We know that. You know that. Right. So, um, so I want to uh, continue with what we're talking about with our next guest, which I'm so very excited to bring on the program. I've uh, I've been praying about this and pining over it and asking my friends, hey, hey, can I get her on the show? That would be awesome because I have so many questions. Um, big, big, huge moment for me right now. I'm welcoming Sam Sorbo, uh, wife of Kevin Sorbo, actress, and she has her own radio talk show host, uh, radio talk show called The Sam Sorbo Show. Um, onto our show, onto our program. Welcome to True Life Fridays Radio. Thank you so much. That's the nicest introduction I think I've ever had. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm blubbering. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Mrs. Sorbo, Sam, Mr. Sam, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Call me Sam. That's what people call me. <laughs> oh, well, I'm so glad you're here. And when I had seen a video of you and Kevin promoting the the crowdfunding for the Gosnell film, I just got excited because I'm like, wow, we are, we've really got people um, to speak out for this. I didn't even think that such a movie would ever be made or someone, anyone would even think of making it because it seems to be uh, an issue. Kermit Gosnell has been swept under the rug as fast as anybody could sweep. And yeah, how I- did it catch your attention? Well, I've, oh, I've I wrote a couple I wrote a couple different pieces about it on my website truefeminist.com. Uh, it it really struck me when the news came to light of about what this man actually did and what he accomplished. And one of the articles that I wrote was about what I wanted I wanted people to consider. Here's a man who stands there with all the tools at his disposal. He's been performing abortions for years. He's obviously very qualified to do this, and yet then somehow the baby wins. And if you think about that for a moment, then you understand that he was purposeful in his actions. These weren't accidental. Mm -hmm. They were all purposeful, and that puts a whole different light on it. Now, what's interesting is after um, after after they launched the crowdfunding effort and our video went out, I actually had somebody who I know in Hollywood who um, who, supp- who would support a project like this, but he emailed me. He said, "Aren't you guys a little bit, you know, af- afraid to like be so vocal with this?" And I'm I'm like, "No. I mean, I, I think it's pretty evident. I'm I'm for life. I think life is good. I think killing is wrong. It, the guy was committed. Uh, committed. He was convicted of murder. Uh, that's a bad thing." And so I stand against murder. Do you not stand against murder? But when when they kind of try it, when they muddy the muddy the lines, I guess people get confused. It's not confusing to me. It's very clear to me. What do you think? Well, we have been covering the Gosnell trial um, ever since. I think he was first arrested, and a lot of the lot of the details of how he ran his practice came to light. I mean, I read the grand jury report, and we had talked about it early on before he um, before his trial. I think even began uh, in in earnest. Right. And just the, it just knocked me back, saying I can, and 
I remember saying on air that I cannot believe that this has been happening under people's noses for so long, but not right. just not just that. Um, the the fact that nobody would call him into account for um, his, the state of his practice for nearly twenty years. Now this yeah, is I mean, under in Philadelphia. Yeah, you have in, to, in, um, yeah. you have to think about the people who worked there, who went along with this, right? Who knew what was right. going on and just went along. And you know, t- tanning salons undergo greater scrutiny uh, right. by health by by the health uh, department or whatever. That's right. There was when they when they when they showed up to arrest him or or to at least investigate. There was blood on the floor. There were like trails of blood on. They didn't clean in the clinic. If anything, this clinic was doing a horrible disservice to the female patients who went in for services. You would think and, that if you were a right. woman's rights advocate, you'd be all up in arms because part of the reason he was brought down is because he killed a patient. That's right. Uh, That's a, right. A, a woman, you know. Right, and the emergency medical services had such a difficult time reaching her, and it took so long because all the entrances, or the exits, I should say, all the emergency exits were blocked, and they were Mm. gated. Uh, I mean, it was it was it's layer after layer of outrageous things. I mean, I when we called his house of horrors, I mean the the media called his practice a house of horrors. We called it the I called it the house of cat feces because it was made up of cat dung inside. Yeah. That's how horrible yeah. it was. I mean, he had cats in the place. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know any doctor that has cats in his office. <laughs> he has cat he had cats in his office, and for almost twenty years under both. Republican and Democrat governors whose job it was to order inspections yeah. purposely ignored uh, their duty to do so. Yeah. Everybody looked the other way. Sadly. It's true. And so, um, there are some you... uplifting stories out of this, though, and that's, uh, that's what I want to stress. You know, okay. people are like, well, who wants to see that movie? And I think that it's not just this idea that he ran a house of horrors, but that that uh, as human beings we could actually. It took a while, but we could come together and see this see this corrected. He is now in prison. Uh, other people are are serving, um, and in fact, there are uplifting stories. There's the story. I know you just had Anne and Felimon, right? Uh, and Felimon. Yeah. Did and, they? And did they didn't make it today? Yes. Yeah. Oh, so it was Phelan. Um Did 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 he tell you the story about the 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 young woman who had started the procedure and a, and for a procedure like this, a late term abortion, it's a it's a process that goes over a period of days and sort of halfway through, she had second thoughts because of what she I think because of what she had seen at the clinic. I can't remember now, um, and uh, she's now a very happy mom because she decided to not go through with the procedure. So there are sort of uplifting stories that are built into this. It's not just, I know Bob Beckel wanted to sort of position it that it was just basically being in in a horror, you know, it was a horror movie. It's not going to be a horror movie, Uh, certainly not the way Anne and Phelan run the show. So I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see it. If you haven't seen their other work, they do they do amazing work and uh he's he's fantastic on camera as well but this will be a documentary so i mean this won't be a documentary so um right i just i have very high expectations for for the film and you know 
the the number one film on Lifetime was Amish Grace, which was the story about the Amish girls who were who were murdered. Right, right. I remember so that. So it's not just it's not just a close up of a gun shooting young girls. Do you know what I mean? There's a story there, and and right. there's a story in the Gosnell, in the entire Gosnell thing. There's a there's a huge story in there, and it's a story that ought to be told. So I'm excited to see it. I I. I can't wait to, and I really want to see them meet their crowdfunding goal. Um, they're actually very close. They are yeah. just, you know, just over five, three hundred thousand uh, dollars to go. And right. I really want to see them hit that goal and see this film made. Uh, he couldn't tell me a whole lot of details about the content of the film because they really, he said. For, you know, frankly, they've been so concerned with the fundraising aspect. They haven't thought a lot about the actual plot. And but you know, I'm I'm waiting for that to happen. And I really think, I think it will. And if everybody comes through and says, "Hey, I'm going to pitch in as little as a dollar to see this happen," I think you know that's that's less than the price of admission at a movie theater, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Go. Let's go. Um, so Gosnellmovie.com. Yes. I'm so glad that you and, and Kevin decided to speak out for this. Now, how much interest uh, from, I guess, the circle that of actors and, I guess, uh, those that work in film, the film industry, uh, I, I would assume they're not too terribly sympathetic. But please tell me there's good news, that there's more than just you and your husband interested in this. Well, sure. I mean, Nick Searcy did a video for them, and there is there is other interest as well. Um, I I'm not part. I'm not really part of it. I did I, that was my part, and so I'm kind of out mm-hmm. of the loop at this point. So uh, I can't really share more than that. But Nick Searcy did did a great job, and he he was on um, O'Reilly representing the film as well. And uh, I, I'm sure he's done some other uh, um, public appearances also. Uh, I just saw him the other day, and and he's excited about it. So it, it'll get done. It'll get done, and it should. Right. What do you What do you suppose is going to be the impact of seeing a dramatization of you know the events around Hermit Gosnell's life going to be? Well, I'm interested in the impact of the truth. Uh, we have a problem with the truth in this country, clearly, with uh, a president who is known now known worldwide to have lied to the american people multiple times and you can you can try to justify the lie well he needed to lie as as i believe i believe it i can't remember it was john stewart or bill maher said but but you kind of i think it was john stewart you kind of have to lie you had to lie to get the the bill passed right Mm. you can try to justify a lie all you want but a lie uh is not the truth so as long as you're not dealing with the truth, you're at a disadvantage in in any situation in in my in my view. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not, I'm not I'm I'm not an outcome oriented person. I'm a I'm a present oriented person. I think that the story ought to be told, and people will make up their minds after that. Uh, this is a horrible story. This is the face of abortion in the United States. This is why people are so against this film being made. Mm-hmm. And oh, no, the no, no. idea that people... Hmm? 
Planned Parenthood, right after this, after the story of Kermit Gosnell broke, and they completely said, no, this is not, we have nothing to do with Kermit Gosnell. If only things were different, if only we had known, uh, <clears throat> if only we had known what he was doing, we're totally against that. Um, and he should be looked at as an anomaly. He should be looked at as uh, somebody who is who is who nobody else is doing what he's doing. Um, okay. About- now, now you have the representative for Planned Parenthood appearing in the Florida, I believe it was some court proceeding, and they asked her if the baby's born alive, then what? And she says, well, then it's up to the the mother and the doctor. So it's okay to kill the baby once it's born. And she said, well, you'd have to go back to our procedures. I'm not sure what our procedures are. And one of the representatives, God bless him, said, because at some point she said, um, uh, you know, it's, it's up to the doctor and the patient, meaning the mother. And one of the representatives, or the, you know, I, I can't remember where this was, but anyway, he said to her, uh, it seems to me at that point the patient would be the baby. And she had nothing to say. So Planned Parenthood can disavow this all they want. They can even say period at the end of that. But rest assured that this is the face of abortion. It's not the face of every every single abortion. It's just the face of abortion. And if we don't confront Mm. this and look at this and examine this and understand this, then we are dealing with lies and not the truth. Right, and what what about you know? Oh, Kermit Gosnell is just just a just an anomaly. He's only one person, and this never happens anywhere else. Yeah, there's another story though. There is another story about a guy who's similar, but I I I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember. Uh, would would that he, would that he was the only one? But how do we know that? We don't know that. We didn't know about him until we discovered him, right? Right, right. That's you want if you're going to make that assertion, then prove it to me which you can't do. You cannot prove to me that this isn't happening every day across the country in abortion clinics left, right, and center. You cannot prove it. Right. Because, because abortion is legal all the way through. And if you saw, there was a, there's like a schedule of fees. It's more expensive if you keep the baby in the womb longer. Exactly. Yeah, and for so, those of you who are listening, I, I'm, I'm kind of leading, I'm kind of leading our guest on. Because <laughs> this is a well-worn path. Uh, for us. In fact, Douglas Carpin in Texas is one of the other persons that I'm talking about who is doing exactly the same thing that Kermit Gosnell was doing. He's, um, in fact, even more brutally, uh, he's delivering live babies and then killing them after birth. But uh, the Texas Supreme, I don't know if it was the Circuit Court or Texas State Supreme Court, decided not to investigate his clinic, even though there were at least Three clinic workers of his that have come out on record. They're making a film on uh, with um, one of our associates, Mark Crutcher, about the practices that he had in Texas, which was almost just as bad. Hey, Letitia. Letitia. Yeah, Thomas. Yes, Thomas. That that's what I want to jump in and talk about because it wasn't the Texas Supreme Court. It was okay. actually the mayor. Of, it was the mayor of Houston. Oh, that's right. Whose, whose lesbian lover is was on the. It sets on the board of Planned Parenthood of Greater Houston. She refused to convene a grand jury to investigate him. So 
basically Douglas Carpenter got away free and clear. That's so right. I wanted to ask Sam what her thoughts about that guy, because I, I believe that's who she was talking about when she was trying to figure out who the other guy was. But he got away free and clear. And this isn't, as you said, it's not an anomaly. Kirk Gosnell is not an anomaly. It's happening in more ways than one. But what I find really ironic is that a lot of those extreme feminists talking about, um, well, if abortion is um, made illegal, then we'll return to the back alley abortions. Here's the problem. They're doing back alley abortions legally in the clinic. It's the same thing. That's a great point. Um, I'm not that familiar with the Carpen case, so I I, I I can't specifically comment on it. But if if it's true, if he was do look, Gosnell cut off their little feet and put them in jars mm-hmm. like trophies. Okay, it doesn't get more gruesome than that. The right. the investigating officers who who arrived were absolutely devastated by what they saw. Uh, the the idea that we're going to now defend this person uh, is is anathema to me. I, I I just don't understand it. But ideologues will defend everything to protect their ideology. So uh, we're we're coming up to probably we're coming up to a decision to make in the United States, um, and and we're becoming a culture that has no respect for life. I mean, we we see it in so many different areas. We have the Benghazi issue where right. four good men died. Two of them died asking the United States military for help. And if you heard the good general's uh, testimony, he, he said that they were waiting for State Department to allow them to respond. What did State Department do? You know, people, people want to laud Hillary Clinton and say she was a great Secretary of State. And all I ask is, what did she do during Benghazi? What did she do? Because at this point, we don't see that she did anything. Right. So, and if we don't value the lives of our military, how can we expect them to go on the front lines to protect us? They won't. Right, right. And, if we you know, so the- devalue life, we're not taking care of our vets. We have, we have veterans... The, their their motto now is delay, deny, wait till I die, because that's what the Veterans Health Services has been doing to these vets. Wow. Right. And they've been covering it up. They've been keeping double books. This isn't like they're running alcohol. These are people's lives. And this is a government system that is geared against protecting the lives of our military vets. Some of them are disabled. Some of them are, are damaged. Uh, they are now considered worthless by an administration that doesn't value life. Right. And if he doesn't, if if we don't value life, do you think it's going to go any better for you under Obamacare? Think again. Oh yeah, exactly. we've gone we've gone heads and you know we've gone from beginning to end about how uh, the what I call the unaffordable lack of care and patient victimization act is actually going to do to people, and we've compared it 
to what it was modeled after, which is a lot of like a Canadian system or a Great Britain, great the the national health system in Great Britain, where people are routinely denied the health care they paid for, and under the guise of uh, rationing, and it's coming to America, and not only that, the the kind of care that you're actually paying for is going to be abortion, is going to be in the form of um, contraception that kills unborn children. And I don't really understand um, in the long term how Americans were going to have a comfortable conscience about that. And do you see that, you know, all these kind of issues kind of coalesce together? Um, Is there going to be a backlash? I mean, I I can sit here and I can jump up and down all day long, but I'm considered uh, a loudmouth extremist. When is it going to be the mainstream of America saying, hey, I don't really want to pay for this? When two things have to happen. They have to find the smoking gun for the IRS. And we have to go from, uh, from noticing that there's an email that has now been disclosed that links the White House to the talking points on Benghazi, meaning that the White House specifically denied the American public knowledge in order to be elected, in order for their re-election campaign to be successful. But what we still aren't, aren't adequately asking or we haven't found uh, adequate answers to is why we did not protect our guys in Benghazi. And the general said, uh, why, didn't we, why didn't we respond? It's not whether we could or could not have gotten there in time or space or any of those questions. It's just that we should have gone, period. We should have gone. And we still don't have an adequate answer to why we didn't go. And I think that that's I'm, I'm hopeful that that will turn the tide with the American public. But it bothers me that hey, – sorry, go ahead. Hey, Sam. Yeah. No, I was going to tell you, um, you've, you've probably been busy today, so you probably haven't saw the headlines, but John Boehner just called – is about to convene a, a special select committee to investigate Benghazi in light of the emails that came out. And Are you talking about article, are you talking about ISIS um, subpoenaing Tara no, Carey? Yeah, but John Boehner called for the select committee, so that he it's being mm-hmm. formed and right. and the article came well, out it's today. About time. So, and yeah, guess who's heading so. that committee up? Trey you know Gowdy. Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy. Ah. Yeah, I knew, uh, yeah, Trey Gowdy, Woo. and that's awesome. Yep, and that's, that's that, that is awesome. And they're subpoenaing Carey. And people might wonder why Kerry, he wasn't involved, but Kerry's the guy who didn't turn over the documents when he, right. when he took over. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's good. I mean, we, we have to keep digging. This, it's, it's tough. We're so far down this path, you see. Right, and, right. and their refrain, their refrain is, oh, my gosh, this again? Aren't we done with this? And the, and the answer is no, we're not that done until like we're done. Yeah. Like, dude, it was like two years ago. So you yeah, really need to. Yeah, that guy. That guy. And he doesn't remember if he changed the word. And it was a big, big fat word. It was like a very meaningful word. If he changed from attack to demonstration, it's a big deal to change that one word. And he doesn't remember. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a travesty on, on procedure alone. This this would never have survived uh, this long under the Bush administration because the mil- the um, the media would have eaten everybody alive by now. Uh, yeah. However, 
I think that how the, how all this is coalescing together is because I think, as you pointed out, we have an administration that has a huge disrespect for the individual lives of, of people, that everybody is expendable as long as there is a political payoff at the end. And the political payoff for uh, those who died in Benghazi is they get to cover up what they were really doing there that they got killed over and the political payoff for not talking about Kermit Gosnell is that we don't get to stir the consciences of people who really start to think about, hey, wait a minute, these 24-week-old children, that babies that are being born and killed alive are no different right. than 24-week-old babies that are in the womb that go on to get born at 40 weeks. Right, right. We don't exactly. want to think. We don't want to think of the human the human cost here. And yep. I, I think there's a breaking point at some point in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm hope I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the American public will will wake up uh, and understand that there is there is sanctity in the human life, and um, and that that should really inform all of our decisions, uh, that, that there is a God in heaven, that we have been created for a purpose and that we're here to fulfill, and it isn't just by chance that we happen to be here. Um, that's why I wrote my book, The Answer, Proof of God in Heaven, to, to bring people to the knowledge of God uh, and then let them make their own decision after that. But once you deny God, then every, nothing is sacred. Everything is, is uh, you, can, you can do anything. If you deny God, then there are no morals. There are no standards. Uh, and that's, I think that's where we've headed, and I think we need to get away from that. So, so I'm doing what right. I can. Well, I'm glad, bless you. It's been a pleasure, and I, I would love to have you come back on, your, on this program again and say some more about right. your book and the, thing, the type of um, advocacy that you do, especially about your end. And I want to know more about the Sam Sorbo Show. Um, right. Well, tune in. It's weekdays from 9 to noon uh, Eastern Standard Time, uh, probably at a local station near you. It's syndicated nationally. And uh, you, can find me, you can find me online, and you should be able to find your station. Uh, I, I know they've had some problems with the website, but I think it's up and running now. And if you want more information, you can find me online. You can see my blog, samsorbo.wordpress.com. My website is truefeminist.com, and the book's at theanswer-book.com. Awesome. Hey, Very Sam, nice. Sam, before you go, I yeah. just have a question for you. Sure. When's your husband gonna make another Hercules movie? Because oh, I used to, I used to watch the Hercules shows with him, and I miss them. Yeah, well, you know, that was a while ago. <laughs> um, it was a while ago, but I catch a rerun every now and then. You know what's fun is somebody put up all the different Hercules over the ages. They put up like a contest to see who's your favorite Hercules. And he won by a landslide against everybody, against the surprised. Rock and against the Steve Steve. Uh, oh, I can't remember who who played it before, but you know the guy who played it before him and the guys who played it after him, and uh, so that's kind of fun. He was the quintessential Hercules, and in my mind, he still is. Ah, oh, that's so sweet. I love the show, by the that's way. And cool. I told I myself, but I forgot to tell my co-host not to mention it. 
Have you seen God's Not Dead? I have. Not yet. Um, Letitia has. I haven't been to the movies in a while. Okay, so you do, you do, you must go see God's Not Dead because you'll begin to appreciate Kevin in a whole new way. He did an amazing job in that movie, and it is an amazing film. It's great for kids to get them involved in the question of are, are, are we here for a reason? Do we have a creator? Uh, and if so, what what am I supposed to do with that information? It's a beautiful film. They did a fantastic job. There's a reason that a $2 million movie is at $53 million and still in the theater after several weeks. There's a there's a reason for wow, that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. That's a blessing, and that's the Lord. So yeah. thank you, to, Sam, I would have so to much. Vouch, I have to vouch for the film. I did see it being a Rashio Christie director. I did have to promote it to uh, the students that I work with. And I did see it, and I took our 12-year-old daughter to see it, too, and I think she got it. I really did. I, I think Fantastic. it was not too, above, not too over her head. So, yeah, I did. No, it gets, it gets them thinking, and it's, it certainly is age, it, it's certainly age-appropriate. And then, you know, as they get older, of course, they're going to ponder things more deeply. But, yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. Um, we'll have you back, and thank you so much for being on the program. All right. Thanks a bunch. All right, bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break. I am going to play for you uh, this uh, the support video. One more. Oh, actually, we are out of time. I wanted to play it again. Uh, but let's take a quick break. We are going to come back with our third guest for real quick. He's going to tell us what's some breaking news that's happening uh, in uh, some breaking news that's happening with uh, Planned Parenthood, and you're going to want to, you're going to, want to hear this. Fridays Radio. If you are listening to us live, our number to call in is 760-542-39307. Our phone lines are open. I want to go to our uh, next guest who I asked so quick to be on the show because he has 
have some breaking news that you wanted to share with us, and I'm all about breaking news. And uh, Carrie, Michael Bogue, welcome back to True Life Fridays Radio. You were on with us when we were known as Pro-Life Fridays Radio. So welcome to the new page. Hey, it's good to be back. Good to talk to you guys again. Wonderful. I love having you on. And uh, the reason I contacted you is because there has been something very significant. Um, If you have gone on Google at any point in time um, in the last couple of weeks, you might have seen it if you were me and you. But if not, please let us know and let our audience know what has changed and how is that significant. Well, What's happened is Norau, which is notorious, along with Planned Parenthood, have um, they're very pro-abortion, of course, everyone knows that. And what they've done is contacted Google and did what they could to try to prevent crisis pregnancy from showing up in a search for abortion or abortion clinic or pregnancy termination. And uh, they said that that was really deceptive, and but they're always attacking crisis pregnancy centers, which as your audience probably knows the Crisis Pregnancy Center is a place where women can go to hear the alternatives to abortion. Typically, a Crisis Pregnancy Center is a place you would find support, you would find financial support, you would find people that would educate you about what happens actually in an abortion, that you're 280 times more likely to get breast cancer, that you're taking a human life, that there's people that want your baby, there's many other options. So um, they see that as a threat, and so they complained to Google, um, well, dude, I guess it was like a year ago. I just had to make that news reference. (laughs) If you guys have been watching the news about that guy uh, that used to work for Obama, he's saying dude on the news. (laughs) Anyway, about a year ago, we um, did a tweet fest about CPCs, and we had heard through the grapevine that a bunch of pro-abort people were going to be doing a tweet fest attacking crisis pregnancy centers. So as I was calling around the country, um, I searched Crisis Pregnancy Center, and one of the first, in fact, the first place to show up was a was a sponsored ad called for a company called iHeart Adoption, and they said they were a Crisis Pregnancy Center. So I called them up and explained, hey, look, here's what's going on. Here's I'm you know I'm pro-life, et cetera, et cetera. And it turns out they were stunned that I would call them, and I I obviously stumbled onto something. They're affiliated with Planned Parenthood. Mm. and uh, they're located in all the Planned Parenthoods, and they really have no intention of um, anyone getting an ab- adoption. I mean, I'm sure that occasionally happens, but I think uh, I looked today, looked up the statistics, one in every 149 people that enter Planned Parenthood are actually referred back out for an adoption. But they have to do that legally and, and for PR reasons. So what's happened is the real hmm. deception, the real deception is by Planned Parenthood, and I've known that dude for like a year. <laughs> and um, when we did this, because I found this out, and if you do a Google search, and I think if you look on uh, LifeSite News, they just recently did the story that, that I helped a little bit with, and we got the other story coming out about the specific company that is um, affiliated with Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. But um, the first three search, the first three uh, returns that came back under the search for crisis pregnancy centers were Planned Parenthood. Now, anybody that knows anything about pregnancy knows that you're not going to look up a crisis pregnancy center if you're looking for an abortion. You're going to look up abortion clinic or 
pregnancy termination. Um, so what they're doing is exactly what they're accusing crisis pregnancy centers of doing. You know, there's an obvious difference, though. The difference is that when we're trying to offer an alternative, we're not trying to convince someone to get an abortion, we're not making money. When I say we, I say I'm on the same side as the crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to convince anyone to get an abortion or make any money. Obviously, they're just saying, look, here's the alternative. Please don't take that life. It's a, it's a life valued by God, given by God. This is not your place to really do it. We're not, gonna, we're not trying to judge you, but we're trying to say, please reconsider it. And, and um, what I find particularly heinous is this iHeartAdoption.org. Uh, if you look it up online, you'll see. If you talk to them, and, and um, I did, as part of the story with Ben Johnson and LifeSite News, I contacted them and, and um, pretended to be a father that wanted my daughter to get an abortion. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to, um, let me see what's the right word to use here. I was able to verify, not verify, uh, I want to say record. <laughs> but anyway, th- th- there's proof that uh, the, the phone call was made. And okay. um, basically they were very uh, sympathetic to me. I said, look, I want my daughter to get an abortion. I don't want her to get uh, a dot. Oh, no problem. Have her call us. We'd love to help. And Although we are a, technically an adoption center, we work very closely with Planned Parenthood. In fact, we're affiliated with Planned Parenthood. And as you investigate them, you find that, um, and I, and I kind of hate to jump the story ahead of Ben Johnson and, and the story in LifeSite News, but they're, they put it off for three days due to other things, so that's kind of the way it works. And he knew that we were doing the story. I told him, I said, I was going to go ahead and talk about the story ahead of time before it's published. So right. this will give him a little, a little uh, news. But um, so they, they make five, they get $5.2 million per year from support. Now, now, it's very difficult. It's a long process to find out exactly who their major donors are, but I believe their major donors are Neural and Planned Parenthood. So this iHeart Adoption Agency, mm-hmm. which doesn't which doesn't heart adoption as much as they say they do, is receiving five over five million dollars in donations. Five point two million dollars per year in donations last year. The um, executive director uh, Susan Plank, I think her name is, makes one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. There's no crisis pregnancy center in the world that makes that kind of money. Now. They're not technically a crisis pregnancy center. They show up under a search for crisis pregnancy centers, and and they say that they're an adoption agency. But I can tell you in my in my numerous contacts with them, checking them out, they're very pro Planned Parenthood. In fact, they're actually in some Planned Parenthoods, the actual mm-hmm. location of Planned Parenthood. When people say, um, "Well, what about adoption?" Well, you can go talk to Susie. She's over in the other office, and apparently that's a representative from iHeart Adoption. And you know how you when you track down these corporations, you just find out they're all intermarried. So uh, mm-hmm. it's Planned Parenthood's little front agency to to be able to say to people, look, we have we offer referrals, sure. And, and one out of 149 people actually pay attention to that, and they probably weren't going to get an abortion to begin with. So um, that's what that's what the news is. And just a little follow up on 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 part of the deception by Neural is that in fact. Nothing has changed with Google and the, and the search engines. If you if you put in crisis pregnancy center or abortion, crisis pregnancy centers still are showing up. So despite what Neural says, I uh, spoke with 
Google, and they said anyone can complain, anyone can make lodge an objection to what's going on, but they have made no official statement whatsoever that in fact what Neural has been putting out in the media is true, that they have, they have mm. now take, taken uh, crisis pregnancy centers off the search engines. They are not off the search engines. I doubt if they will be, and we expect these stories to push back on them. They're the ones with egg on their face. They're the ones pretending to be crisis pregnancy centers. They're the ones right. supporting an uh, iHeart adoption. They're the deceivers. And we know that and the deceivers are, are the enemy and they're, and they're um, all the enemy. In fact, I typed in crisis pregnancy just a moment ago on a Google search, and um, the first two listings that, that came up under the search results are actual crisis pregnancy centers. The third is Planned, Planned Parenthood. Parenthood. Now, Planned Parenthood is showing up uh, on a major search for crisis pregnancy centers. I would call that a little more than deceptive, wouldn't you? That's very deceptive, and that's, and that's the irony of this, is once you start down the road and you really want to make a complaint, I mean, if I was Planned Parenthood, they do so many poor things, and I'm not going to talk about what they could do better to help themselves do better. But one of the things they do is brag about things or, or open things, open up a, a can of worms. They opened up the can of worms, and Morale did for them when they made that big comment about crisis pregnancy centers. Now, they, they, they are, they're in a battle with crisis pregnancy centers because they don't want people to understand the options. They don't want a woman to go to a crisis pregnancy center and maybe not get that abortion where the money's out for Planned Parenthood, and that's where they make the money. But um, they do everything they can to fight that. But when they open that up and the truth is truly revealed, the real sickness, the real evil is hidden in the darkness, and that's who they are. And they are dark, they are evil, and they want to kill babies for money. Just as simple as that. I mean, I, Planned Parenthood is just from the beginning. If you if you know anything about Cecil Richards, she started out uh, in a political uh, agency in Texas, uh, mm-hmm. fighting against Christian groups. So she's an atheist. She's anti-Christian, and then she becomes the president of Planned Parenthood. Um, you just got to understand who you're really dealing with here, and. Um, that's who they are. And then with our president married to her practically, uh, and uh, the revelation by Dr. James Dobson that he over he was spoken to by Barack Obama that he wanted to become known as the abortion president. Well, he's achieved wow. that. He is the abortion president. But um, that's what we've got. We've got the even well, little Planned Parenthood. And they're, they're, they're wait, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Slam on the brakes. Stop. Hold up. Repeat what you just said, Carrie. I don't know what, what, which which sentence did I say that you're asking about. James Dobson. James Dobson. Dr. Dobson. Dr. James Dobson. Yeah, during the national prayer meeting, said that in his contacts with Barack Obama, that Barack Obama had said he wanted to become known as the abortion president. Just you can read. There's tons of stories out there about. It. Just look at any one of them. Right. In fact, there's a big, there's a big uh, wow. story out there. There's actually a story out there right now uh, <laughs> where there's a, a pro-abortion senate or congressman or senator, I'm not sure which, who's very angry, saying that Dobson hijacked the, the National Day of Prayer by talking about a, pro-life issues. Oh yeah, yeah. Somehow pro-life. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. It's not appropriate for for the National Prayer Day. Well, I pray to end abortion every day. So to Absolutely. me and to anyone that follows the Word of God, 
and considering that who uh, Jesus Christ is, if you read the Bible, it's very clear that Jesus is pro-life. So, uh, hardly, right. hardly pro-choice. But yeah, if you well, read you some have... of the articles on Dobson, he said some amazing things. He he he, he said, um, in fact, he was so angry, uh, Dobson was, that actually said, uh, come and get me to, to Obama. Come and get me if you don't I like it. I think I saw that article, man. yeah. Yeah, yeah re- just just. Google search Dobson prayer, prayer, uh, the National Day of Prayer, and you'll read a lot of stories about it. And he's no small-time guy. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think if 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 the president, I have to verify this for our own program, but if the president had called himself um, the abortion president, that is certainly a huge revelation. Uh, because I don't know that anybody would want to identify themselves as an abortion president at all, uh, no matter how supportive of abortion he is. I mean, that just sounds really terrible. Well, it, it sounds terrible to reasonable, intelligent, moral people, but it doesn't sound terrible at all to the progressive left. To the progressive left, it sounds like enlightenment, women's reproductive freedom. They hear the buzzwords they believe, and so... In 2008, when he made that statement, and that's what that's what Dobson said it was in 2008 when he made that statement, um, that's that was exactly what his base wanted to hear. Oh, you're pro-abortion? You want to be known as the abortion president? And sure enough, and Planned Parenthood, as we all know, is huge contributors to Obama's campaign. And they're and who's the primary wow. people getting money out of the uh, of um, health and human services? It's Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. They're the mm-hmm. ones getting the the majority of the surcharge on abortion. So everybody's paying, I don't know if you know this, but everybody by law is now paying $1 per month or more, that's the exact wording in the HHS mandate, for an abortion surcharge. And who gets right. the majority of that money? That may sound like no big deal, 12 bucks a month. Well, 12 bucks a month, you start adding up everybody that has health insurance, that's a lot of money. Absolutely. In fact, like Dobson said, they're 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 slated to get two hundred and fifty million dollars of our tax money this year, Planned Parenthood. Straight and it's, it's, right, it goes into a special account that's labeled to fund abortion for uh, low-income women. I think that's that's how they're they're earmarking it. Yep. Yeah. So nothing, you know, that that sounds evil to most people. It's just like I mean, if, if as you probably know, back in back a few months back, dude, um, when um, the thing was happening in Albuquerque, and they all they wanted was a citywide ban on right. day of birth abortion. As you know, they were going to they were aborting babies up until literally the day of birth. Um, Obama sent advisors and cash from from uh, Obama for Action mm-hmm. out to Albuquerque to fight against the ban. All right. Now, if he was truly going with the people, I mean, if the polling should tell him, and the polling does tell him, it's, it's very clear. In the polling, 70% of Americans are against late-term abortion. Okay? Absolutely. And the majority, uh, and, and, and more of those are women. So mm-hmm. he's not following the will of the people. He's not doing what he really thinks is best for the country because the, most of the country is saying late-term abortion. Are you kidding? We can take a little bit of abortion, and that I'm speaking as as a typical non-pro-life American, but late-term abortion, we can't stomach that. And uh, Obama right. is, you know, day of birth, whatever. 
That's why he could not comment on Gosnell. The interesting thing is he said he would not comment on Gosnell as long as it was an ongoing trial. Um, and then, of course, the trial's been over how long now? Almost a year? That's right. And uh, he's made yep. no comment, and that is because in 2008, one of the statements he made uh, when he was a senator was that we can trust the doctors. They don't need this Infant Born Alive Protection Act because the doctors will report if a baby is born alive. We have no concern. <laughs> and, of course, you can't say, make a statement like that and then answer it uh, in, in the light of Gosnell because obviously right. he didn't tell anyone. And we could go on with Douglas Carpin, and uh, there we had several other names. We had other guests that are talking up close and personal with other late-term abortionists, and it is really this very much repeated over and over again. But we got to take a break. Thank you, Carrie, for coming on and sharing us, with us what you know. And we're going to be right back with uh, the the yeah, look like ever. news for that article. And, and anybody that wants to follow me, go to Project Wildfire. It's closing Planned Parenthood, and you can. Find out all the stuff we do there. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks a lot. So much. See you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we're back. Uh, if you have any last-minute comments, the number to call in is 760-542-3907. Uh, we usually take this time right now to go to our segment of the show at the very end called The Stupidest Thing Ever. And the reason why we call it The Stupidest Thing Ever is we pick out something on the Internet that kind of exemplifies what is the stupidest thing we've ever heard of this week. And uh, I think it's themed – I think it's themed, this week's is going to be themed for uh, what we've been talking about uh, throughout the whole show. So, um, do you know the crazy woman at the gas station video, Thomas? Have you seen that one? I think I lost... Yeah. Breaking up. So, do you... You were saying, do I know the crazy or right. Yes. It's the, it's the crazy woman at the gas station giving two gas station owners a very hard time because they wouldn't give her a free cup of water. And her explanation for, for her complaint is classic. But let's start the music, uh, and you're going to love this. And then we're going to play the clip. It's kind of longish, but I like truth. And so I want people to hear the context. So that's hey, why. This is not first class. She was a slave. Okay, you right here in Stone Mountain. You can go and you Who can see where our ancestors once slaves. Come on, I'm talking, I'm talking about in this country that built this country, and we don't get no reparations. But y'all come over here, hold on, 
McDonald's, uh-huh. okay, which is a very huge company. Uh-huh. That, was a people, that was a small company, but they don't charge you for no water. You come over here, you get all kinds of tax breaks, but then you charge us for the water? Are you serious? We're the one that built the pipes under this Hold building, on. baby. Wait, wait. Am I right? You're not a slave. Am I right? I come from slavery. No, you didn't. So we I, do, I, too. We're African, so we know. You don't know where the my parents were born in Africa, but good job. We're African Americans. Thank you very much. If you want to Kenya and Uganda. Our parents were born in Africa. Okay, in Africa. Yes, Africa, not African Americans. What the hell does that mean? African American means that your ancestors were bought over here through the slave ship. It doesn't make sense. Ancestry comes from slavery. My grandmother was here with slavery. What's this going to do with anything? wanted to charge her 20 cents for the cup. So it's hard. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but the funny thing about it, as you said, she was speaking truth. <laughs> that's, that's what... <laughs> this, is what I, this is what happens when you... Because I'm, I'm, I can totally see myself vantage point of the camera standing behind it if I if I ever worked in a gas station and this is what happens when people who have a, a, a racial chip on their shoulder want to share it with me this is what happens to people who try to have these type of racial conversations with others who do not share your white d- 
you want to share with people. People who don't have your white liberal guilt. That's the kind of conversation this woman was having with these gas station owners, and it didn't work because those gas station owners do not come from a background where they have to feel guilty about their lives. And I, right. the reason why I wanted to give that the full play and added the extra, the, the part at the end, which uh, didn't really have much to do with the fact that she was upset that she didn't get a cup of water, is that she said, um, we want to be out of welfare. We want to be out, take care of our own kids. We want to have families. I think that gives her a lot of credit. I mean, she robbed that credit cradle from herself the whole three minutes, and it's the last five seconds that she kind of redeemed herself. I believe that the black community that she's talking about really wants out of government dependency, because what is welfare? What is food stamps? What is, uh, what is over-dependent? That's exactly what she wants out of. And I have to give her a lot right. of credit for wanting those things because some other people probably uh, want to say more is better. But she wants out of those things. I think she's going about it the wrong way and trying to punish people uh, for, for um, not perceiving to be the source. The source of, of her troubles and the suffering of black people in the black community, I think she's misplacing that um, on those that won't give your give her a loan, you know. At one point, she says, "I want to own a store. How come I can't get a loan?" Um, well, you know that we've got a huge problem uh, that we're just coming out of called it was so-called the predatory loans, where loans were given out to too many people, and those people right. didn't pay back. And so, um, don't be surprised if banks aren't giving out those predatory loans anymore. Uh, but uh, I think she really got the crazy on all over a cup of water. And uh, I, I thank, I, I'm very thankful that the gas station owners stuck to their guns and did not bow to the liberal white guilt she thought that they should have. And, right. Uh, but, the, I mean, you want to talk about what comes out of people when they get upset? I have not. I I didn't know that Chinese people were part of this conversation. Indian people were part of this conversation. Vietnamese part of people were part of this conversation. And then trying to build a bridge with a couple of people of African descent and telling them they're not Americans. Uh, yeah, way to make friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that. So I think that whole exchange, uh, what she had said was the stupidest thing ever. I, I, I wanted to make sure that everybody understands I don't bag on this woman for being who she is. Um, but that little rant there, uh, yeah, didn't do her any favors, but we understand that she's frustrated. Right. <laughs> well, Leticia, once again, you hosted a very phenomenal show. And... You rock. That's right. Well, we are going to see everybody back here next week on True Life Fridays Radio. Uh, Do not miss. We're going to see you then. Have a good night, everybody, and join us again. All right. Good night, everybody. It's so long with my 